it's always important to let your patients know that it's not going to give you the same type of results that the surgery would. But not everyone needs that. You know, some people just need a little improvement and because they're just not quite there yet. So definitely something to consider if you're kind of borderline and you have some saggy, but just not so much where you feel like you need that surgical intervention. Welcome to The Skin Reel, your guide to all things skincare, skin health, beauty, and more, curated by dermatologists and true skin experts. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Alice Mina. I'm a double board certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon with over a decade of clinical experience. If you're looking for real, practical, unhyped skincare guidance and expertise, or you just think the skin is really cool, then you're in the right spot. I'm so glad you've tuned in to The Skin Reel. Now let's dive in because this is how dermatologists talk skin. Hi everyone, quick disclaimer here before we start. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. If you're looking for help on your skin journey, please check out the American Academy of Dermatology's website, aad.org, where you can search their database for dermatologists near you. It is so important that you have someone in your corner who's well-trained, licensed, and board-certified who can help you make decisions when it comes to your skin health. Okay, got it? Great. Now for the fun stuff. Hi, skin friend. I am so glad you are tuning into this week's episode because I'm going to be taking a deep dive with my dermatology colleague, Dr. Lena Kennedy, on a new technology and new device out there called microcoring. And I have had this device in my office for several months now, and I am really loving the results that I'm seeing. And I love what it offers patients. It can heighten the skin by removing these tiny little pores without the need for surgery, because I find a lot of my patients just aren't interested in surgery or they're just not there yet. And so microcoring is a great option for people looking for skin tightening without surgery. And Dr. Kennedy is a renowned cosmetic dermatologist in Corona Del Mar, California. She is going to be joining me, walking us through what microcoring is, when and how we use it, who's a good candidate, and of course, most importantly, if you have ever Googled or YouTubed microcoring or the device Elicor, you may have been a little scared when you saw the videos. It does look like it could be painful, but fear not, it is not painful. I promise you, we are going to be going over how and why we can do this procedure very safely in our offices with minimal discomfort to our patients. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. Hi there. Did you know that many of the topics I bring to you on the skin reel are things I actually see and treat in my office as a practicing board certified dermatologist? That's right. At Bauckham and Mina Derm Surgery, my business partner and I are on a mission to provide exceptional procedural dermatology care in Atlanta, Georgia. We offer skin cancer surgery to large cyst and lipoma removals, to injectables, chemical peels, microcoring, and more advanced techniques with things like liposuction, eyelid lifts, neck lifts, lip lifts, and so much more. 
But most of all, we love helping our patients transform their skin with real results. You know me, I am all about real skincare by real skin experts, real simple. If you're in the Atlanta area, I hope you'll stop by and see me. You can get more information at my website, atlantadermsurgery.com, or by calling 404-844-0496. I can't wait to see you. Dr. Kennedy, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited for today's episode because we're going to be talking about a device that's somewhat new on the market and a lot of people may not know about it. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this and I hope that we can share useful information for people to learn more about this device. Yeah, well, let's jump right into it. So neither one of us are sponsored by the company, right? I am going to use a trade name because there's just one device out there on the market. But today we're going to be talking about microcoring, and the device is Elicor. So can you just start from the basics? What is microcoring? Yes. So as you mentioned, if the term is microcoring and what this is, is actually pouring of little tiny pieces of skin. So a lot of people are familiar with microneedling where you have needles getting inserted into the skin, but basically just going in and out. And in this case, you actually have hollow needle entering the skin and removing very, very tiny pieces of skin. And that's what the coring is referring to and micro because it's so small. And it has to be so small, right, to prevent scarring because there is this threshold where if you cut the skin big enough, wide enough, deep enough, then you get scarring. But the micro coring is small enough so that it's just under that threshold so that it can actually remove the tissue without scarring, which is kind of the whole premise behind it, right? Exactly. The coring that you're getting is actually less than 0.5 millimeters. So that's very, very small. So who is using or who might come in interested in microcoring? So we've had a variety of patients come in interested in this procedure. Most commonly, it's patients who have wrinkles, usually in the mid face to lower face. The perfect patient, you know, ideal patient would have moderate to severe wrinkles or maybe mild to moderate skin sagging or laxity. And so these are the type of patients that we're seeing coming in, just interested in learning more about the procedure and perhaps getting it done. So it's it's FDA approved for the lower face, right? So sagging of the lower face and tightening of the lower face. And so I get a lot of patients who are thinking, maybe I need a facelift, but I'm not quite there yet. What else can be done before? Or if they're not interested in a surgical procedure, they're not ready for a neck lift or facelift just yet, or they don't want it. This can still give some tightening, which is difficult with some of the other devices we have on the market. Right. And I think that's what's so nice about it. It's giving patients another tool or option to consider, you know, if they do want to delay or hold off on getting surgery or even don't want surgery at all because surgery isn't for everyone. And I always really try to make it clear, this is not going to give the results of a facelift or a neck lift, right? It is removing tiny cores of skin, but it's not going to give you the 
effect of a facelift or a neck lift. So I don't want people to be disappointed when they come in and we are talking about this procedure, but it certainly can remove about 8% of your skin with those tiny little cores, depending on the settings that are used. And it really can give a nice tightening effect to the skin, don't you think? That's right. And, you know, as you mentioned, it's always important to let your patients know that it's not going to give you the same type of results that the surgery would, but not everyone needs that. Some people just need a little improvement and because they're just not quite there yet. So definitely something to consider if you're kind of borderline and you have some sagging, but just not so much where you feel like you need that surgical intervention. And another area where I see a really big impactful benefit is around the upper lip. Have you noticed that not only does it give maybe a little bit of a lip lift, but it gets those vertical lines around the upper lip that even a facelift, even a lower facelift and a neck lift cannot get. Have you seen that in your patient? So true. And like you said, you know, even when you get a facelift, there are still things that need to be done to improve the skin itself. And a lot of times um, surgeons combine facelifts with other procedures like laser resurfacing type of procedures to really deal with these issues that you brought up, those fine lines that you get, the so-called smoker lines around the mouth, which can be quite stubborn to treat, you know, and even though we have different ways of addressing these lines, we're really seeing a good improvement with Elacor. And you also mentioned the lip lift, which I think is something great because as we get older, this distance, you know, between the lip area by our nose to our lip actually becomes longer as we age. And so what we're seeing is some shortening of that and you get really like a nice plump of that lip area and which just looks a whole lot more useful. Yeah, it's just a nice little surprise bonus when you also get that tightening effect for sure. Now, you had mentioned earlier about microneedling and I find a lot of my patients equate it with microneedling. But if you've ever seen a YouTube video and I would encourage people to look at what microcorn does look like. It's very different. I can see why people find them similar because again, you have those tiny little needles making punctures, but this is actually removing pores of skin out. So it's definitely much more intense more invasive, you could say, than microneedling, but the results are certainly more impactful. You really get that skin tightening. So what do you tell people when they're saying, oh, well, it's just like microneedling? How do you sort of guide them on that? Well, the first thing is that with microneedling, I think it's the biggest difference, you know, is you're not actually coring out any skin. You're not removing skin. Yes, you're puncturing the skin, but you are not actually removing any skin. And so that's the biggest thing here. So obviously during the procedure, there are things that vary and you are required to prep the patient in a certain way with this procedure, which is different from what you would do with microneedling. But in terms of the procedure itself, with microneedling, you have small needles where you can adjust the depth that you want those needles to penetrate, but they're just going in and out of the skin. So you're not actually creating any hole uh, within the skin that stays open for any period of time. Whereas with Elacor, you know, you are creating this little core that then 
have to heal and close from the inside. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I also think that microneedling and microcorine, I use them for totally different things. I think of microneedling as a series of treatments to really help improve skin texture and tone and almost more preventative for a lot of my patients help boost collagen versus the microcorine is really for skin tightening and helping to tighten up the skin, kind of like shrink wrapping is how I describe it, where you make these tiny holes in the skin and then as it heals it tightens up so we use them in different patients and for different issues that someone has right and that's exactly correct and what i tell my patient because it is used for different concern and it's also about patient selection you know and and, and microcorn may not be ideal for everyone or if you have a really young patient who just wants to improve their texture, maybe some improvement in some acne scarrings, you may choose microneedling. Although I will say that we have seen some improvement in texture as well and even some acne scarring with Elicor, but that is more off-label. Yeah, no, that is true. I actually have a patient with some pretty severe acne scarring, has tried a lot of things, CO2, a lot of different lasers and devices, and a microcoring might be a good option for them. So certainly it's FDA approved for the lower face, but people are using it off the face, they're using it for scars, they're using it really a lot of places where you want skin tightening above the knee, the elbows, things like that. But just remember that, again, that is off-label. Doesn't mean it can't be done or it's not safe. But yeah, that's not the FDA indication for Elicor. Can you walk us through, you have a patient coming in for Elicor or a patient wants to know, what's my day going to be like when I come to your office, Dr. Kennedy, for microneedling? So for Elicor, typically we have to prep our patients. So what we do is it's really important to thoroughly cleanse the skin. So we do that um, and our nurses assist us with that. So you get your skin is completely cleansed before we start the procedure. And then the next step is actually, you know, aside from setting up the device and all of that, we want to set up the patient. So what we do is we start with the numbing process. And I like to numb one side first and then before, you know, moving on to the other one. I don't do the whole entire area at the same time. And the way that I do that is I actually do use some nerve block. So I inject lidocaine and specific areas to block the nerve signal so that the patient doesn't feel pain. And then once I do that, I also inject lidocaine into the skin, just fanning it along the areas that we're going to treat. And so that's really helpful in just keeping the patient comfortable um, so that they don't experience any pain. Yeah, the nerve blocks are really key because if you're numbing a, a large area like the lower face, you might feel like a pin cushion by the time we numb it all. So by doing those selective nerve blocks, it's key. And I also offer my patients Valium or diazepam to just kind of take the edge off. They're relaxed. They're still awake. Sometimes they fall asleep, but then they would need a driver if they're going to have that. Yeah. How long does the procedure typically take? So it depends on what we're treating, but usually it doesn't take that long. I think the longest part is actually prepping the patient. But once that's done, the procedure can be done fairly quickly, you know, maybe even like 15, 20 minutes on each side. Yeah. And if anyone hasn't seen it, I, I think it's kind of cool looking. It looks to me like a sewing machine needle going in and out of the skin very, very quickly when we push a pedal. And you're numb, so you may feel a little pressure, but it doesn't hurt. 
I know some people will watch these videos and they think, oh my gosh, that looks so painful. But just remember, you're totally numb. You don't feel it. So most of the time, my patients are either sleeping or they're chatting with us and they're really comfortable. Yes. And that's been our experience as well. They're just really comfortable, not in any pain. We always let our patients know if for any reason you do feel any discomfort, let us know because all we need to do is inject a little more numbing and then you won't feel anything. I know when it first came out, the reported pain level was a two out of 10. But honestly, my patients have been even more comfortable. than. Yeah, I can tell you laser hair removal. I haven't personally tried Elicor, but I can't imagine it's worse than laser hair removal. That feels like a thousand rubber bands and halves on the skin. But anyways, I digress. What happens after their treatment is done? So what do they look like? What's kind of the downtime? And what are the instructions for aftercare? Yeah, so after the procedure is done. The nurses help to clean everything up and the skin, clean the skin because there is some bleeding during the procedure. But once we clean everything up, honestly, it sort of looked like the way that you look post-microneedling. And so you just have these little squares with little pinpoints within them and they're red. So you are red post-treatment. And usually the most important thing is that we want to try to just keep everything nice and clean. So after we clean, we also apply Vaseline on the skin post-treatment, but we instruct the patient that that's what they're going to be doing after cleansing their skin. They're going to apply Vaseline to the area to help the skin with healing. And we just want to try to avoid anything that's going to cause a reaction action with it in the skin. And we want to try to avoid anything that can get into the little pores um, because then, you know, that would cause also a foreign body, potential foreign body reaction. So we want to avoid that. So we instruct our patient for the most part to just use nothing on their skin for a week. Now, everyone's doing something a little bit different these days. And technically, the course flows a lot faster than that. So patients can start using different products or even makeup in three days post-procedure. But overall, after the treatment, the appearance of the skin, it appears a little red. And then after that, you do get these small, tiny little scabs, which a lot of people are familiar with other procedures, that sandpaper-like texture or those tiny scabs that you see associated with other procedures that patients regularly get or are more familiar with. That's a great way to describe the aftercare. And I agree 100%. And I just have a question. My staff really love at the end of the treatment trying to get as many of those pores out. So if you have anyone in your office who really loves like popping pimples, getting blackheads, this is their jam because we'll have them kind of rub the skin a little bit, try to remove as many of the visible cores as possible. And then I'll even tell my patients at home not to freak out if they do see some that look like they're coming out or they can gently clean it with a gentle cleanser. And then just keeping it really mild on the skin with really just Aquaphor or Vaseline until those little cores have closed up. And a lot of my patients will, they'll say, well, it looks like I'm stamped, which yes, it is. It does look like you've been stamped. Sometimes they'll worry about spacing between the stamps. And I actually tell them, well, it's actually better to have a little bit of spacing with this device versus lasers where you want more overlap because it helps with the contraction and the tightening of the skin. And also, if we were to overlap our pouring, that's when you can get scarring because you're going to get those larger cores. 
Right. You want to keep those cords nice and small. I find most people do not have pain after the procedure. So I know some procedures afterwards, you can be a little bit sore and uncomfortable, but I find my patients, they may look a little bit strange wherever they have those little stamps. They may bleed just a little bit, but it's not painful. Has that been your experience? Yes. Our patients have reported no pain post-procedure, really no discomfort. They do experience some bruising, a little bit of swelling as well, Uh, but it's actually really surprising just how quickly they recover. We have a lot of photos just one week out post-procedure, and most of these patients just do extremely well. When they come in, you may see like a little lingering part of a bruise, but really not much on the skin. I usually just tell people it takes about four to seven days. Sometimes there might be a little bit of lingering, what we call erythema or redness, but after that week, you could put makeup over it. And most people aren't really bothered by it. And in this day and age of people wearing masks, a lot of times people just put a mask on if they have to run an errand and they don't feel like they're homebound for a full week and and can't be out and about doing things they need to do, which is kind of nice. And for us, we've actually incorporated like a PDL treatment with me being post uh, the procedure at one week. If patients do have some of that redness that's remained. Now, is this a treatment where you need a series of them or is it kind of a one and done? What's been your experience with that? So typically you do need more than a single treatment and it really depends on the patient and on the severity of the wrinkles that they're treating or the laxity that they're treating. But we are seeing improvement in some patients even after one treatment, but sometimes you do need that second or third. I usually tell people to plan on a couple and if we get lucky with one, great, we can stop. No need to move beyond that. But I typically space it about a month apart. Is that what you do in your practice? Yeah, we're doing anything between one to three months. And it just depends on what our patients want to do. Now, we've kind of talked about how this is not a replacement necessarily for a facelift or a neck lift, but that it's a way to tighten the skin without having to do those procedures. But how does it compare to other devices that tighten the skin, like RF micro needling? Do you have any experience with that or other tightening devices? Our clinic doesn't have an RF microneedling device, so I don't have much experience like firsthand with those. Although, of course, you know, I know how those work and function, but I don't treat patients with that regularly. What I do hear is that RF microneedling can be a whole lot more painful, actually, which, you know, I know when people watch videos of Elicor, the first thing they're thinking about is the pain. And just like you said, I have posted videos on Elicor and the comments that I get really are, wow, this looks like super intense. It looks like a sewing machine, kind of what you mentioned. And a lot of people just freaking out on how intense or painful this appears to be, which it truly isn't. But RF microneedling tends to be a whole lot more uncomfortable. It does require multiple treatments as well. And I don't think based off of what I've seen and know about it, I don't think that the results are as good. You don't get the same level or degree of tightening that you would with Elacor. The device that we have in our clinic for tightening is Thermage. And I think now that we have both of these options, it's definitely a discussion to have with patients. I do like Thermage maybe more for my more youthful or younger patients that are trying to either maintain or just improve a little bit. Whereas I may choose or discuss a little more on Elacor with my patients that are a little older, have more laxity to improve. So I 
I think that Ella Core does give you a bigger change. I think you definitely get bigger bang for your buck with Elacor. And I can actually see the tissue being removed. So I know it's doing something. Sometimes with some of these other devices, I know a lot of times it's patient selection, it's operator dependent. But with the Elacor, I feel confident that they are going to get some degree of tightening because I see those cores being removed and they actually count out the cores, the, de- the device does. So I know that that tissue is gone. It's no longer in them and all the skin can do is actually tighten. So yeah, that's kind of how I feel about those other devices too, that perhaps beneficial and in, in maybe a more youthful patient, but that the Elocor really can give some impactful results for people who are maybe middle-aged or a little more mature, because again, we see that skin actually being removed. So that's what I love about it. Dr. Kennedy, what would be three tips you can give our listeners if they are thinking about a microcoring or skin tightening procedure? The first tip is to find the right person to perform the procedure. So at this time, I think that the device is in the right hand. It should be easier for patients to find that person to do the procedure, but they should definitely have a consultation so that they can sit down with their doctor and discuss the procedure and really determine if they are a good candidate for the procedure. So that's the most important thing. And then my second tip would be to prepare for it. So make sure that they have the proper downtime available and everything that they need prior to getting the procedure done. And then the third thing would be for patients to follow up and, you know, if they have any concerns whatsoever to discuss that with their provider as well and get any additional treatment post the procedure. So like I said, we offer feeding to our patients to treat that post-inflammatory erythema, the redness that can sometimes remain. And so it's really more about having good communication, good relationship with your doctor. Absolutely. And even though this device has been out on the market about a year now, it seems relatively new. They have been doing studies on microcoring for years and years and years. So it's not like this is sort of an experimental treatment, but you're right. The company has been very selective on who they allow to have this device, even though it's technically, I don't know, would you call this non-invasive? I guess it is invasive because they're removing tissue, but it's non-surgical, right? But non-surgical doesn't mean without risk, without issues, So to your point, really making sure you're seeing someone who is well-trained, knows what they're doing, can really numb you effectively and safely so that you are comfortable during the procedure is super key. So those are all great points. And I believe the uh, Elicor company on their website has a list of doctors who do provide microcorin in their office. And certainly, Dr. Kennedy, if listeners and viewers want to follow you and find out more about you or even be a patient of yours, where can they find you? So I'm pretty easy to find on social media these days on Instagram. And my handle is just my name, Lena Kennedy underscore MD. And then, you know, they can also go to our clinic website, which is stephaniecapelmd.com. And I practice in Corona Del Mar, California. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I'm so glad you joined. And it's been a lot of fun talking about microcorin because I really love doing this procedure. I love the results I'm seeing. And it's great that we have great dermatologists out there doing it like you are. So thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's all I've got for this week's episode of the Skin Real Podcast. But here's some great news. 
one of the most valuable things you can do to help me and other new potential listeners to find my show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave me a review, take a screenshot and email it to info at theskinreel.com and I will send you a thank you free PDF on skincare truths versus hype because you know I love spreading the word of good, truthful skincare. And please be sure to share, share, share with your skin friends so that we can get the word out there about real skin. And until next time, remember, no matter where you are in your skincare journey, always remember to love the skin you're in because real skincare from real experts can be real simple.